Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is Mark and I'm one of the pastors here. And on behalf of all of us at the Ridge Community Church, let me add my Merry Christmas to you and to all who are watching with you. We appreciate the opportunity to spend this Christmas with you and your loved ones. Sometime in the next day or two, you'll open Christmas gifts. Now, how many of you open gifts on Christmas Eve? Okay, what about Christmas Day? All right, for some of you, what about both? Our family, we open on Christmas Eve. Uh, in fact, this is a, a gift that I got last year. And this is not just any gift. This is that one gift you get. It's usually from a relative. And it's like, oh, Aunt Karen, thank you for the bowl from Pottery Barn. It's if I want a bowl from Pottery Barn, you know. It's what I always wanted. <laughs> Let me just show you. Uh, I broke it. And it was by accident, just for the record. And so now all that's left of this gift just a bunch of broken pieces. I don't know about you, but this kind of sums up the last 20 months for me. It's like COVID, racial unrest, constant politicalization of everything. You know, you're dealing with constant anxiety and stress and uncertainty. You're a business owner and you can't find employees or you're an employee and you're working more because they're not enough employees. You know, for some, this might be your first Christmas without someone special. I remember last year at the same time, I was like, I can't wait to turn the calendar from 2020 to 2021, because 2021 is gonna be completely different. Now, there are some things that are better. For example, there's not this fear that we're gonna run out of toilet paper this year. But now you add inflation and supply chain issues, battle over vax or no vax. It's like same thing, but different year. If you didn't believe it before the last 20 months, I bet you believe it now. We live in a broken world. We look around at all the craziness and chaos and just can't help but think something's not right. But if we're honest with ourselves, the last 20 months have made us realize something else. It's not just the world that's broken. There's something about me that's broken. You know, all of us have a story of brokenness and not just over the last 20 months. You know, maybe for you, it's your marriage or a relationship with your significant other and it's just falling apart right now. Or you feel like you're, you're losing your kids or you're losing to an addiction. You might have recently lost a business or maybe even a job. Others of you are struggling with this low-grade anger and there's this constant feeling of angst and anxiety or you just feel a deep sense of loneliness or maybe even a lack of purpose. The question I wanna ask this Christmas is, so what do we do about our brokenness? As I said, all of us have areas of brokenness in our lives and all of us have answers to this, whether we realize it or not. You know, for some of us, the answer is something to do with self-help. In a few days, we'll celebrate another new year, 2022, if you can believe it. 
And the new year is a chance for us to create some resolutions so that next year will be better than this year. And I think, honestly, that's a really good thing. I mean, I'm already planning on my resolutions, but the problem is better doesn't mean not broken. It just means better. I mean, I can glue this bowl with Elmer's glue and it might look good, might look okay, but it's still very fragile. Some of us, we deal with our brokenness by starting over. It's like, I just need a new beginning. I need a new city. I need a new career, a new relationship, a new marriage. The problem with starting over is we take our brokenness with us into our new start. Many of us look for ways to escape or numb our brokenness. And so we do things like we overspend, we overdrink, we overtake prescription drugs that are not prescribed, or we overwatch things on Netflix. We even have a, a term for it. We call it binge watching. Or we spend hours on social media because we need the dopamine rush. A few months ago, I had an emergency root canal. First time getting one, and I hope the last time getting one. And so here's what they did. They first numbed that area, and then in a few seconds, no pain until it wore off and the pain was back again. That's what numbing does. It feels better for a while, but eventually it wears off. Finally, some of us, we just settle. We're like, okay, well, this is just the way it is. This is just who I am. Take it or leave it. What if that doesn't have to be the case? What's interesting about the Christmas story is we tend to glamorize it. I mean, we see the nativity scenes and we have this idea that everything was perfect. And we tell the story as if it was this nice, neat, perfect story of baby Jesus being born in a cozy little barn around well-behaved and bathed cattle. We even sing Silent Night as a reminder that everything was perfect that night. But the reality is, is when we get inside this story, we see that God shows up not in a perfect world with a group of perfect people. God shows up in a broken world through broken people. It's a story that is filled with brokenness. God showed up in a, in a broken world. At that time, the Israelites were under Roman rule. And they didn't rule as a democracy. They ruled with the philosophy of, you do whatever we want or else. And so the Israelites paid really high taxes. They had no freedom, no legal rights. And if they didn't do what they were supposed to do, the landscape was filled with hundreds of dead people still hanging on crosses, reminding them of what could happen to them if they didn't do what they were supposed to do. I mean, this was a dark time for them. They were supposed to be God's chosen people, but instead of feeling chosen, they felt confused and hopeless, and they kept asking, where's God in all this brokenness? God also showed up through broken people. We have two accounts of the birth of Jesus in the New Testament. Luke, who interviewed many of the people who were there, he wrote one of them. Listen to how Luke describes it. He writes this. He said, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The most well-known people in the story besides Jesus are Mary and Joseph. Last month, Netflix released a movie called Red Notice. It had The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds in it. All A-plus stars. Most watched movie that Netflix has ever made. I watched it 
just for these three stars. And here we have Luke telling the story of God coming into the world as a baby boy. And you would think that God would do it through kings or queens, royalty, all A-plus people, so as to draw the most people. But instead, God decides on Mary and Joseph, poor peasants in an arranged marriage. No one knew who they were. Then Luke tells us the first people that were told about God's son. Here's how he records it. He says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The first people God told should have been the last people he told, shepherds. Shepherds were considered outcasts in every way. They were considered outcasts culturally. Shepherds were mostly young boys, 13 to 17 years old. Many of them were were nomads or orphans, and they were sold to pay off family debt. They were also outcasts relationally. Shepherds, like many, they, they wanted to get married, but no father wanted to give the blessing to their daughter to marry a shepherd. And you know what? They were outcasts religiously. Religious leaders back then, they actually talked openly. And they said that if you were a shepherd, you were not good enough for God. You know, for us, we, we try to hide our brokenness, you know? We try to look better, feel better, you know? We try to do everything we can hide it. But shepherds were like, hey, you know, we're shepherds. We know we're broken. This is just who we are. The Christmas story is a story about God showing up in a broken world like ours and doing it through broken people just like us. But look at what the angel says to the shepherds. The angel said this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Man, don't we need more of this? I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. And so the angel says that when the gravity of this good news sinks in, it will cause you joy. Many of us confuse the idea of happiness and joy. Happiness is something that's based on our circumstances. It's like, I got a raise. She said yes. The doctor said everything is fine. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Steelers next year, which would make me happy. Joy, however, is something so much better. Joy is this deep sense of contentment and peace, no matter the circumstances. You know, when we say we want to be happy, what we really want is joy. And the angel said, this joy is for all people, even broken people like you and like me. That today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A savior has been born. What does a savior do? A savior saves people from something they need saving from that is causing them harm. During this time, the Jews believed that one day God would send a Messiah into the world who would save them from what they believed they needed saving from. And for them, they thought what they needed saving from was any nation that was ruling over them, and in this case, Rome. But this angel was announcing that this savior would come and save not only them, but also us from what we need saving from the most because it's causing us the most harm, our sins. When you hear the word sin, what do you think of? Most of us, we think of things we're not supposed to do and many of them we want to do. But here's what sin is. Sin means to miss the mark. In this context, it means we miss God's intended mark for our lives. You know, if you wouldn't consider yourself a Jesus follower, one of the reasons you don't want to follow Jesus or are resistant to it 
is probably because you believe that if you follow Jesus, he's going to take all the fun out of your life, that you're going to be sentenced to a life of boring church services, rules and restrictions. And you know what? You don't want that. And you know what? I don't want that either. But here's something I bet you never thought about. There's not one piece of brokenness in your life that God caused. Any regret, any bad relationship, career, or financial decision, any addiction. I mean, you can keep going down the list. There's not one. Even the brokenness in your life caused by the decision of someone else, God didn't cause. You know, when we break something, we just put it back in the box and we either throw it away or send it back. And it's like, give me a new one. In the East, there's an ancient art form known as kintsugi. Kintsugi, say it with me, ready? Kintsugi. Kintsugi means this, golden rejoining. It's the art of repairing broken pottery with 24 karat gold. Here's, here's some video footage of a master kintsugi craftsman at work. Now this is the short version of it, but after the craftsman decides on the design, he uses special lacquer, charcoal, and powdered gold to repair each seam. Not just restoring its beauty, but now it's more beautiful in its imperfection. And as you look at the cracks of it, it really does look like golden scars. In the West, we value perfection. In the East, they are like, this is beautifully broken. The goal is not to hide the imperfections caused by the brokenness. The brokenness is part of the story, but now it's a new and better story. Luke tells us, that God sent Jesus into our world to be our savior, to save us from the very thing that is causing all our brokenness. In the New Testament, the word save or salvation, it's a great word. It means to heal, restore, or renew. The Christmas story is a powerful reminder that Jesus came into our world to be our savior. In other words, Jesus came to make broken people whole. And whole meaning not like it was before, but better than it was before. That Jesus does his own kintsugi work in our lives, and our lives become more beautiful, more impactful, more free, more joyful than they were before. And our brokenness caused by our sin no longer defines our story, but now it's part of God's larger story. One of my favorite passages in the entire Bible is written by a guy named Paul. And in this passage, Paul uses artistic imagery to describe how God, through Christ, can take our brokenness and make us whole. He writes this, For it is by grace you have been saved. And so there's our word again, saved. In other words, it's by grace you have been healed, you've been restored. Well, to what, Paul? To God. You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so Paul says, here our story never goes. The story never goes like this. I was broken and I fixed my own brokenness. Never happens because it can't happen. Paul says, it is the gift of God. Here's the good news the angel was talking about, that our brokenness separates us from God. But through Christ, God, the master craftsman, does a kintsugi work in our lives. And it's all a wonderful gift from God. And then he writes, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, he says God's handiwork. Literally, we're God's work of art, his masterpiece. And it's a process. 
It's a journey where we go from brokenness to wholeness. But God's masterpiece, it's meant to be a part of the master's work of art that he's doing in our broken world. I want to close by speaking to three different groups of people who are watching. You know, the first group, this group are those of you who would consider yourself a follower of Jesus. And as God is doing his kintsugi work in your life, here's the question I want to ask you. Are there areas of brokenness that you are withholding from him? You know, maybe it's a broken past, a broken relationship. Maybe it's a regret that you are holding on to. Maybe you're holding on to anger and bitterness because of what someone else did to you. You know, for some of you, you are holding back because you don't want to surrender specific parts of your life to him. Listen, it doesn't matter how deep the brokenness is. It's still brokenness. Would you allow God access so that he can continue to do his kintsugi work in you? The second group that I want to talk to are those of you who you wouldn't consider yourself Jesus follower and you aren't ready to become one, but you're interested in learning more. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to invite you to come back after the new year and we're actually doing a new series called How to Love Your Life. And I'm going to tell you in two words how to love your, love your life. And it's a five-week series and I think you'll get a lot out of this series. And listen, here's what you need to know. This is a safe place where you can continue to belong, to take steps, even though you aren't there yet. Final group are those of you who you, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're ready to become one. You know there's, there's nothing you can do about all this brokenness in your life. And you want God through Christ to begin his kintsugi work in your life. Now, the way you are saved, as Paul said, is by putting your faith in Christ the Savior and make him your Savior. Faith just means this. It just means to trust in, to lean into. It's saying, I believe that God sent Jesus into the world to die for my sins, and I believe he rose from the dead, and I'm placing my trust in him, and I'm going to live my life following him. If that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of decision. And just let my words be a guide for the decision that you are making. Let's pray. Father, um, I thank you for the great story that is just that you are writing in our lives and that you're writing in the world. And Father, as we think about Christmas, about you stepping into a broken world through broken people, God, that's how we can identify with the story so much. And Father, I, I recognize my own brokenness and that there's nothing I can do to fix it. But the beautiful gift of Christmas is that you stepped in through your son and through him, we can be made whole. Father, I believe that you sent Jesus into this world. I believe that he died for my sins and he rose from the dead. And I decide to place my faith and trust in him. I want you to do a kintsugi work in my life. Father, thank you for the Christmas story and the story that you're continuing to write that is so much bigger than us. And I thank you that you love me so much that you've invited me to be a part of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you made the decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to know we are so excited for you as you begin this journey. And we want to come alongside of you to help you take your next step. So to do that, here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word Jesus to this number, 414-509-0339. That's 414-509-0339. One more time, 414-509-0339. And here's what's going to happen. 
Over the next 14 days, you'll get one text sent back to you that will contain a short reading or a short video that'll help you get started taking steps to follow Jesus. And if you have any questions along the way, you just text that number and someone on our team, they'll get back and be in touch with you. And then towards the end of those 14 days, one of our team members will reach out to you to answer any questions you may have and then help you take your next step. And we promise not to spam you after that. We just wanna help you take your next step. So I hope you'll text the word Jesus to that number and get ready to experience the best gift you'll ever get. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.